Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure this is math. Tom? <laughs> Robert? Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, let's go! How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So, here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. Yep. I remember that. You've got a Model X. I've seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's talking Tesla 49. 49. That's iridium. That's almost 50. Iridium? Iridium. It's almost 50. How many uh, elements are there now? What are we up to? About 184,000. 245, I believe. Or that number's probably closer. I just pulled that out of my back of my head. When, um, let me just tell you how old I am. When I was in high school doing chemistry. There were 12 elements. 38 elements. 38. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's a while if ago. You, that, doing, you must be like 212 years old. <laughs> now, let me. Here's a, here's a question for Elon. Yeah. We'll ask him. Maybe he'll hear us via yeah. the Twitter. Yeah. It, what planet would you be on where your periodic table would have the most elements? I don't know the answer to that question, but maybe someone does. Maybe there's a planet. Isn't that the theory has, that every mean, planet has every element at least in trace form? Because it's know. the Why supernovas that create the last of the elements, and they explode, and then they seed the rest of the universe. I don't know the answer. Yeah, but I don't think they have, like, Einsteinium and... Uh, oh, they don't know. call them the same things. They call them by their Martian names. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the same element. Okay. Haklugian. Well, because what... The only reason I asked that question is because you said there are now more elements than when you were in school, so those are more identified elements. Maybe they've identified more elements. It's possible, but now, but they've now they're just creating elements yeah. that last for 0.3 milliseconds, and that's not really an element. Oh. Anybody can do that. I don't like that. I don't like that idea. I think they should just go with elements that are already around and made and just stick with them, and the rest of them can be on the like secondary chart of the elements. Yeah, anybody can do that, but only the University of California, Berkeley, has done that three times. So Tom did a... Uh, poll, a Twitter poll to our Talking Tesla listeners. And the poll asked this, would you pay 200000 for the upgrade to the 100 kilowatt battery? 20000 not 200000 <laughs> Whoopsie. Would upgrade 29%, would not upgrade 71%, and about uh, 55 people did that. So that's interesting. Very interesting poll. So you're assuming like somebody's got a 90, would you pay the extra twenty grand to get the hundy? And please, speak with your mouth uh, full, Tom. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to have to fill the dead air. Oh, he just has another bite. It's disgusting. <laughs> Look, where this comes from, of course, is last week, at the end of last week's episode, the 100D was released right as I was uh, doing the editing. So the 100D is out. If you go to the website and configure it, you can get a 100D that goes 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds. So not only do you get a better, bigger battery, the new ludicrous mode is even faster. It has a 315-mile range, a base price of $134,000, um, which is almost twice that of the base price of the 60. The X is 135000 So the question I had for Robert is... I know you want a new S. Yeah. Is this the one for you? Actually, I, I still love my S. I'd happily drive it for another six years. But for, you want another one because you I want, want ludicrous mode. Number one, I want full autonomy. I want to sit back in the car with my body just stretching and, and enjoying enjoying the open space of my Model S 
and then get on my laptop and contribute to the the long Google document we create every week for talking Tesla and yes. listen to, I don't know, books on tape and all that kind of shit and not even have to look up at the road and all the crappy traffic here in L.A. to get to work. But so then, does that then, mean you're going to get it or does that mean you're not going to get it? <laughs> what the hell, dude? Answer the question. <laughs> well, it's not there yet. What? What do you mean it's not there yet? Full autonomy? No, but the 100D, 100P, 100D, that's what he asked you. Are you gonna, is this the car for you? If it has full autonomy, it is. It has to have full autonomy. Yeah. So okay. here is the question point yeah. that I have asked a number of times, and I still don't have an answer from you idiots. Uh, is the new S, the, the new S is coming off the line right now, particularly this very new fancy 100D, yes. does it have all of the sensors in there that you need for full autonomy? And if it did, Robert, and if it did... Would you buy it now and just wait for the software upgrade and go full autonomy? Yes, yes or I no. would. Yes, I would. Well, I wish we could find out because <laughs> I'd really like you to get that. How long? Would, would you out? give us a call on our toll-free number one eight hundred Talking Tesla? And I know we're going to get some calls on this one, but Mel, it's it's base price is twice as much, more than twice as much, not just barely twice as much. Like it's you. more than. It is interesting that a tweet followed this saying, "Yes, this is from Elon." This is a very expensive car. But just remember, those people that buy this car are helping fund the uh, Model 3. But unfortunately, they should actually sell you the car for more like 60000 and then make the rest of it a tax-free donation. Write <laughs> <laughs> it off. And to clarify, please, if you ordered a 90 and you have not yet taken delivery of it, it has not been built, you can upgrade to the 100 for 10000 If it's not been built. Okay, go. And if you've ordered the 90 and it's been delivered to you, yes. it's $20,000. That's a huge change. Now, the thing that's interesting about it is, okay, so if you go to the Tesla website and you right now buy a 60, which you can do, okay, the difference between the 60 and the 75, $8,500. The difference between the 75 and the 90, the same amount of space, distance, situation, yes. extra for the same amount of kilowatt hours. I'm not done. Hold on. You wait for it, young fella. And if you buy the hundred, $20,000 more. Now, it's new technology, right? New design. The only thing not new about that battery are the little cells themselves. The modules are been redesigned, new cooling, all fancy. I think there's little, like, cool things running around there. Yeah. Inside the modules. Like a hamster? Sure. The Kia Soul hamster, potentially. <laughs> I'm on the uh, site but, right now. Right now, live, and you could see it if you're on the video. And at the 60, I'm just not doing anything. I'm just going on the base and I'm going, cash. And this is not tax and all federal credits and stuff. The 60, thir- uh, 53,000, and if we go up to the That's new- with the credits at the top. You got to go to the bottom for the cash. Price, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. You're right. 68,500. And if I go you must to have the, something selected because I believe it's 66. I'm trying to make a point here, and he's being an auto Stiegler. Well, I'm try- people are going to write us letters about how wrong we are. You probably have a $2,500 okay, option Tom. clicked. All right. I'm taking off the air suspension. Oh, oh, what? What? Uh, was Tom okay. right? Yes, Tom was right. Tom's <laughs> always right. The Tom abides. Uh, that was the only thing that was the on there, Tom actually. Tom abides. So nice here we reference. go. Base. Are we okay now? The base price... Of a 60 is $66,000. Delivers in October. 
Sweet. You know and then the P100D, wait, okay. wait. But it was relevant to what you were just doing. Is 134,500 more than twice the price. <laughs> and so when you were pricing, long segue to show you how expensive Now, when you were pricing that 60, you know, I wonder if it's showing up, but my understanding is when you go to start looking on the Tesla website and delineating what you want on your car, they will pop up on the side if they already have one built and available for delivery. Really? So you don't even have to wait. I haven't seen that, but you're probably correct because there's a lot of new inventory. I was yeah. on the site today saying, "Tom, what would it really cost you to get into a Tesla? By the way, the number is too effing much. <laughs> that, is the, that is the number. What's it going to take to get you into the P100D right now? You, About $135,000. <laughs> the other thing that you have to you know, take into consideration with the, with the 100 is that it's a P and yes. a D. Oh, yeah. Right? If you add the D to the 60, the price goes up. So right. there, are, there are a lot of bells and whistles. Also, uh, that thing goes so fast. If you have the windows rolled down, you'll need a new shirt because it'll whoom, right off. It'll your rip back. it off right off the back. It's, it's almost to the point quick. where it'll you, create its own black hole. I guess you, you have to install uh, one of those dispensers that we have in the emergency room for the vomit bags. Otherwise, you're going to be cleaning your back seat often. <laughs> I have a theory about why it is so fast because they upgraded ludicrous mode. They did some magic so they can put some more energy across that those uh, engines. So they took it down to 2.5 seconds instead of 2.6 uh-huh. seconds. So that they can say without question, because there was some question. Without question, this is the fastest production car that has ever been built. That is less Thank than you. a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that is less than, yeah. Or but it's a production But just barely, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's about a seventh you of can a buy, You can buy like five of these yeah. for one Porsche 918. Okay. Yeah. So you could have one for you. So how about this? Can you buy me wife. a Porsche 918? And I can sell it. Yeah. <laughs> I can buy one Tesla and put some cash in the bank. Come on, let's see how it works. But the okay, so there are some interesting things about this article since we're going to go into it. That that battery thing. So the question is, would you would you do it? You didn't answer the poll. I don't. Think would I you, do it? Would you? Do I would it? If not. If you had a ninety right now, a, would you spend I do 20? have a ninety. Let's. I got my X out there. Let's say that they could put a hundred in that thing. Which sure, they can. They can. Um, would I spend twenty thousand dollars for an extra? How much range would that be? It's not much. On the uh, X, I don't know what it is. I mean, because it's three fifteen on the S. On the X, it's probably actually ninety five. Through through modern technology, let me do it right now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Also, modern technology. Uh, let's custom order. Let's take nuts. a quick look. I don't. Th- I think the reason we're in the Tesla- design studio. You can go over and check out the design studio. Here we go. They can watch this live, huh? The, the 90 gets 257 miles. Nice. The 100 gets 289 miles. Let me just do the math. 67, uh, 66, 77. 77. It's about 30 miles for $20,000. 30 miles, $20,000. <laughs> Not a math genius. That's a lot of money per mile. No, I will stop at an extra super. But I'm sure that they that they, well think about it. What are they going to do? They're going to unplug one battery and plug in another. They were doing that at the battery swap for fifty bucks. So there's no effing way that this thing is that much more money. I don't understand why it's an extra ten. That's what I don't understand. About it's it. crazy. So basically, they're going to be stuck with a battery pack that they could easily put on someone else's car who's not buying a hundred. Who doesn't Look, want a hundred? So they could just flop that into another ninety and done with it. They just don't want to be bothered. That's why they're making it so expensive. You, to, you know what the real answer is? Oh, because they don't want to do it. 
They don't want to do it. Do you know what the real answer is? No, Mel, what's the real answer, Mel? I have this on absolutely no authority. What? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That's not what this show was built on. (laughs) Yes, it was. Oh, wait. Actually, it was. On no authority, it's quite possible that this is actually a 200-kilowatt battery that later on can be upgraded (laughs) for a small $5,000. I'm just saying it could be. A tiny donation to the March of Dimes. Could be. That's why (laughs) it's so expensive. And then you can go go 900 miles. That's right. I can go around the world. So we're talking about an article that was on Think Progress. The last line of this article said... This will signal the beginning of the end of the dominance of fossil fuel combustion engines in the vehicle market. Uh, no. The beginning of the end started when Elon got involved in doing all of this stuff. What the hell is this guy talking about? This is the beginning of the end? This this new battery situation with the lithium? They're talking about, in this article, they talk about battery chemistry and how this other stuff. So, And I will move on from that. I have a question for you, gentlemen. Do you think that... If you looked at the graph in this article about the price of batteries, yes. right? Is there an issue potentially for Tesla that batteries become so cheap they can't recoup the gigantic investment they're making in making batteries? Well, let me go back and let's uh, go over some of that stuff. So, first of all, I agree. We read a lot of these articles now, unfortunately. We spend a lot of time on the internet. <laughs> a lot of them. And there's often a little spin at the end by the author that makes you think, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> And you see it a lot. So they give you some good information, and then they have their spin on it, which is, I agree with you. No. Elon is the disruptor already. Going from 90 to 100 is not the disruptive thing. (laughs) What are you talking about? Not not even the battery technology that they're talking about. That's not the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end started a long time. The end is nigh. The end end is is nigh. nigh. And you have a billboard that I've seen you walking around the place... (laughs) Half naked wearing, <laughs> which is weird. Look, they say this, uh, just a couple of things. Um, energy density has gone up fourfold and the price has gone down 5x in seven years. We talked about this um, in a couple of uh, sessions ago. It's supposed to be, Elon keeps quoting, battery uh, capacity will go up by 5 to 8% a year. But in the last seven years, it has completely broken that. Prices have dropped precipitously and density has gone up fourfold now this new group solid energy systems which is uh, out of mit says that they can now double the density right now and they're trying to get this to market now normally i don't like to talk about these things because everybody's like our battery technology which will be out in three years will be 12 times the capacity blah, 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 blah. <laughs> i like how it's always an old englishman that no, is, 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 is managing monty these python. it's monty python and But these guys seem like they're really close, and if you look on their website and if you watch their ad, which I'm going to play for you, it makes you think that this is really close. So now back to Tom's question, will this destroy the Gigafactory? I say no, oh no, oh no. Not destroy the Gigafactory, but make it difficult for Tesla to be a profitable company, because are they going to reduce the prices? And then what I will say about something that you said is, right, so density's gone up, prices have gone down. Yes. Have we seen Tesla match that have their prices gone down not yet but i think this is because of the gigafactory as we talked about two weeks ago the gigafactory will allow the prices to come down by as much as 70 percent. they talked about 30 percent, but maybe as much as 70 percent. the exciting thing about this is it looks like this group from mit is not interested in selling batteries but they will sell the technology and the technology is not that different than what tesla's using i've asked the question before when new battery tech comes and it's coming, will the Gigafactory be able to flip the dreadnought to the new battery technology? And I say, 
Yes. According to these guys, they can. They're using existing machinery to make this new chemistry. I was saying last week because we got a a very salient letter from Drew Scheuler. Scheuler. And anyway, I went to this video. I looked up. It's like a Mashable uh, link. I think it might be on the on the on the notes from last week. And they talked all about this amazing new way, which in which they lay the lithium onto very thin foils, and how that's not being done before. And when I was at the Gigafactory on the tour, they had this machine that was like the size of three houses that they had kind of shrouded, and they were going to put in another one in the space we were all standing that was going to lay lithium on thin foils, which hmm. was the process by which they were going to make a better battery yeah but that's how they're doing it now i mean that's the process that panasonic's using they're just going to move that to the states and probably improve upon it in ways that maybe panasonic's factory wasn't amenable right to in that situation i like how these authors and the idiots on talking tesla think that um <laughs> tesla and the gigafactory just out there going Doy, did you see that coming? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Whoa, they double the capacity. I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see it. I did, did not expect the Gigafactory to sound like that is at there, all. Is there some new research? <laughs> uh, we haven't been watching any of the research. We haven't hired every good battery engineer in the world in the last few years. I didn't see it including, <laughs> including the guy from Dalhousie. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, ah, uh, dear. Well, can we talk more about it, uh, Tom? What do you got? Well, I want to. There's one more thing about the high amp chargers but it may fit better into the next segment high amp chargers what are you talking about the option on the tesla website to add a high amp charger to your car yes have you seen it well at the very the, bottom the normal one which is i have yeah like 72 no, no, no. or 100 amp. no the normal one is is half that the new right. one is 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 double that what Look what at the bottom well, of they, the design studio. What are you talking about, Willis? They, they've been offering a dual charger for well, a long time. Well, the dual time. charger they've had for a very long time, and they had some troubles with that. Um, but this is what they're calling on the website high amp charger option, and it will double your home charging capabilities. Uh, no, that's already that's old. That's if what you it is have now. the hundred amp. Yeah, that's what it's the but same it, as they have now. It hasn't changed. So normally, uh, if you have a single charger in your car, you get about. 30 miles, and if you have a dual charging system AC, you can get up to 72 on the X and 80 miles, no, about 60 miles per hour, and that's the same as it's been for the last few years. No, but you have to have a 100-amp a circuit yeah, at yeah, your I house. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You have a 100-amp circuit? I have a 100-amp circuit. It's, it uses 80 on the S, and it uses 72 on the X, so that's not actually new. What was interesting about this is that first you had – in the first generation, few generations of cars, you had this dual charging system, which was really fast, but they had a lot of problems with it. It kept breaking. They kind of took it away, and then it became an Easter egg. You could only get it if you knew the alt option, which I did on the X. And now they've put it back, and it's clear. So it's, this is actually not faster charging than you had last year. Okay. Why are they now charging you? So it's the same. They were, they always, were charging charging always before that. Before. It was always like, but they wanted to get away from it because it bucks. broke. But I think there was a, there was sort of this. Lots of people saying, no, no, I want to be able to charge it around sixty miles an hour. Tonight's a good example. Robert worked a night shift, drove right. fifty miles from Oxford. Got your bingo here. cards. Knock off the bingo cards. <laughs> Boy, there you go. <laughs> drove to our house. Has to drive back, so probably like a hundred mile round trip, muscle minus, and uh, is plugging in, and he'll be here for an hour and a half. With a really slow charger, that's not going to be helpful. But out there, he's got the 80 amp charger from my house, and uh, that'll be 14 cents, by the way. And uh, he's going to get, you know, 100 miles. Can I, can I pay you an animal fries? He'll he get did. 100. He did. He'll get 100 miles of charging. He should an get hour. about. Hey, look at that. An hour I got and a half, 14 cents. Are you, were you, how low were you on your car when you plugged in? 
Actually, let's sort of explore this just a little bit longer because something has changed. It used to be on your S's you could have a single uh, charger in your S and it did about 30 miles per hour of charging. And then uh, there was sort of the option for dual AC charging at home, which would get you about 60 miles per hour of charging at home with a 100 amp circuit. It wasn't using all that. There was a little overhead. And then on the X, uh, they defaulted to the single 48-amp onboard charger, which got you about you know 34 miles of range per charge, something like that. But um, then you had the option of using, again, sort of dual chargers. Now the website is saying, well, it's not dual charging. Now they just talk about a high-amperage charger. So I wonder, they were having problems with this dual system. I don't know exactly what technically is going on there. So it may be now that you just have a single onboard charger that can do up to 72 amps, that can do about 52 miles range at home charging. So that's a little slower than a lot of us have on our S right now because we have that dual charger. It seems like they've gone from a dual charging system to a single higher amperage charging system at home and you can do instead of, you know, 58, I think is what it was rated at, only about 52. Now that's not very important, but they were having issues with this dual charging. Looks like they've gone to a single high amperage charger that is an option that gets you about 52 miles of charge per hour if you put in one of these big SuperSoco 100 amp circuits. Now again, I'm a no electrical engineer. I don't know if there's dual versus single, but they're making it sound like this is a different system, a different charger, and hopefully, hopefully, it's not going to break as often because I've actually had to have mine fixed at least once and I think twice because the dual older system was a little bit finicky. Now, a lot of people ask me who are not Tesla owners yet but uh, want to be Tesla owners soon, um, should I get a 100 amp circuit? Should I get the fast charging option at home that can do around 50-ish miles per hour of charge? And I say, well, it depends on sort of the style of driving and stuff you do. But I've actually changed that because for most people, and even for myself, I've said it doesn't really matter. You know, it gets a lot of range. So you plug it in overnight. And when you wake up in the morning, there's 250, 300 miles of range in there. And that's way more than most of us do in a single day. And even when I come back, even if I've driven a lot that day, I don't need to get it charged very fast. The thing that I'll say that's different now than when I talked about this a number of months ago is that if you have two electric cars, like I have now, I have an S and an X, it's really nice to have that faster charging because you know the wife is out driving around and then I'm driving around and then we want to go somewhere else. It's nice to be able to just have one charger and I can plug it in and charge pretty quickly, you know, around 50 miles per hour of charge, and then plug it into the other car. And when my um, Tesla high amperage charger was broken and I was back to a really slow charger, a 30 amp charger that only got about 20 miles per hour of charge, it became a bit of a problem. There are a lot of times where if you didn't remember to plug in and unplug and then plug the other car in, you could get to the point when we're both sort of busy during the day and doing longer trips that it just wasn't charging fast enough. So I suggest to you, if you think you're going to have more than one car, or if you drive a lot and flip that car around and drive again a lot, then it is worth getting the faster charging. All right? That's just an editorial aside. You can you know tick that off on your uh, test, talking Tesla bingo. Well, let's see. I was in. A, I was at around ninety, and I'm going to need uh, f- uh, thirty to get back to work, fifty to get home. So that's eighty, and I like to give myself a twenty percent uh, buffer. So I needed a few miles, 
and I didn't want to have to, uh, and I have no charger at this one hospital, although I just found out the other day they're going to install a bank of uh, J1772 chargers, which is uh, Sweet. exciting, but of course it's always vapor. Until it's actually there. You know, it's not in the show notes, but um, California just announced that they are about to install, I'm going to get the number wrong, 7,500 chargers plus 100 fast charging DCs using money from the Volkswagen disaster. Oh, good. They got $800 million and the California Clean Air Board is going to spend a uh, 200 million of that on building out the infrastructure for charging. The carb people that we pissed off last week are going to do this? I don't think it was That's that. That's not a different, different resources board? Yeah. Maybe it was uh, Maybe same. it's a different board. I, I hope you know. didn't piss them off too much. All right. Um, let's go back to this Machine for a second them. because electric, electric says that the 100D battery pack is actually a third generation battery pack and that uh, there's different cells and I think these are the bigger cells, but they're going into the same size pack. And this is important because this is probably going to be the base for the Model 3. This is the technology they're going to use for the Model 3. And so Elon said this, the cell line is same, but the module and pack architecture is changed significantly in order to achieve adequate cooling for the cells to uh, have more energy density. So we make sure that there is, and I like this part, we don't have cell-to-cell combustion propagation. I think that means... Great to avoid. Batteries something blowing up. That <laughs> happened early on. They have a great story in the uh, the book by Ashley Vance about how when early on they had uh, been building battery packs, they didn't realize that the cell-to-cell propagation was an issue because no one had actually really done this stuff before. Mm-hmm. And they, they blew up quite a few. In fact, they even then took the batteries out to a open space and they ignited them and they used like, you know, flares to light them up and just to study them. But it sounded like a bunch of pyromaniacs at work. They don't blow up, though. They just sort they of sort of burn at a very yeah. high Melt everything around them. <laughs> when Tom and I first, when we first started talking Tesla and there was a car plugged in at a supercharger and it caught fire, Oopsie. Tom goes, that car didn't burn. <laughs> that car melted. <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. a kiln oven. I mean, cars don't really do what that car did normally. Now, what do you want to say about Model 3 and batteries? You're concerned that the first generation Model 3 might have battery issues? Why? No. Why? Well, What's what I'm concern? saying is, okay, so what, we're, what we've been talking about is the new 100D pack is a new module, a new design, new yes. cooling, same cell. Yes. Model 3, new design technology yeah. that's in the 100D with... The bonus of the new cell. So double newness. Two news. (laughs) Two Two news news do not make a right. So we have a new battery and a new design being put in a pack in a new car. Do we want the first hundred off the line? And I don't know the answer to this question. Maybe Robert does because he knows the answer to so many early Tesla questions. <laughs> Were there issues with early batteries be- having problems needing to be replaced? So are we getting to another yeah. – are we getting to a new potential Yeah, but now situation? instead of having like six guys drinking Red Bull working 22 hours a day for like nine weeks straight, you've got like 75 engineers Working hard, but not going like so fast, so hard, driven to the, you know, fingernails, crazy level. I hope there's more than 75 of them. I don't know. I don't actually know what the numbers are. But what I thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. was that they've got 4% weight gain in this new battery pack. 
That's the hundred versus the ninety. They have been married for a while. Wait, the hundred versus the ninety. Only four (laughs) percent heavier, but eleven percent more energy density. And that's with the old cells. The new cells are considerably bigger. I don't even remember. I I once I calculated the volume change, but that doesn't tell us what the energy density change will be. But it's going to be like a lot, like at least ten percent, probably maybe towards twenty percent more energy density in the new cells. These like twenty one seven hundred made that number up. That's the, always the right answer. <laughs> 10 to 20% is always the right answer. No, I thought the right answer. You I kids out there studying for your SATs, 10 to 20%. Boom. See, I get called go, on next that question. a lot, but most people usually say, that Robert, he knows the real information, and you just spew, spew, spew. So that means that energy density in the uh, next-gen battery pack is going to be, what, a total of 20 to 30% more? That's pretty impressive. So that means that your Model S with exactly the same battery is going to be able to go like two, 320 miles. I mean, it's like the numbers are getting big enough that mm-hmm. we're going to have less need for superchargers because we're going to be able to speed one past one, past the next one, and get to the third one. We won't be needing to plug in as much, and there's going to be bigger smiles on our faces. Here's the question. Model 3, day one. Max range availability, guess, Robert. 300. Melvin. Yeah, I think that's the right number. I think the maxed out $55,000 Model 3, that's pulled out of my batogs. Yeah, I'm thinking 300. Yep. And that and you can take that to the bank. Uh, wouldn't and bank at that bank of all years. We can drive that wooden nickel. <laughs> and we can drive that Model 3 right up Bob Lutz's Yes, yes, we can. He's got a big one. Um, Well, let's move on to the next thing. So let's talk more about uh, range and charging, but let's talk about a little company you may have heard of called Volkswagen. The People's Wagon. We call them the Liars. Careful. So this is from TechCrunch. So at the Paris Auto Show, VW um, revealed their first fully EV. Said it's a smaller car. It's like the size of a Passat. Coming in late 2018. Not a small car. 2019. Small like the Golf with the room like the Passat. Passat, That's right. Small, small like a big car. Um, 300 mile plus range. They say coming in 2018 or 2019. 80 percent charge in 15 minutes. 300 mile car. If you do the math on that. That's a lot of charge in 15 minutes. They will need an 800-volt source to do that. Apparently, they're looking to build that infrastructure. Now, again, you might say, if you listen to the show, that's just a lot more vaporware. Well, Tesla's got a car and they're selling lots of them, so we better come out and say we've got a car that's going to do 4,000 miles and charge in three minutes and then work out how the hell we're going to do that. But still, it's fine and interesting, but wow, that is a lot of charge to... uh, get that thing up to 80 percent uh capacity it's a lot of charge so you couldn't no. get those charges at home i guess is the no. dwb would be <laughs> like no sir so sir no, no. sir yeah, 17 power <laughs> sir, stop although i'll admit whoever made tesla bingo yeah jumped the gun a little bit yes. because this is like the ninth reference to vaporware yeah. on this episode a word i have never heard before <laughs> What the hell? It must have occurred once before. (laughs) I don't think so. So there's an interesting article that I pulled from the Globe and Mail. And there's been a lot of uh, talk about this this announcement of Germany getting off of fossil fuels. I think that uh, there's something going on between the German government and VW. German government is releasing a ton of money to help push forward electric vehicles. And I think VW is just responding 
And also they have a little egg on face because they, they made a big lie. What but, have but you done, Volkswagen? <laughs> you have shamed us all. Yes. You will fix this, please. Okay, so Jimmy is a, a small Austrian boy, <laughs> apparently. I don't know my accents. But, um, oh, but somebody wrote down so here. So sorry, Mel. So sorry. Yeah, if you're going to do an accent, dude, <laughs> come on. Make it Monty Python. Um, somebody wrote down here about how few electric cars and hybrids are actually in Germany as of today. Yeah, pathetic. So there's like 130,000 hybrids, which is 0.3%, and all electric vehicles in Germany, 25,000, which sounds like a lot of electric vehicles, but it's less than 0.06% of all the cars in Germany. We are not happy with you, Germany. (laughs) You will stop now. Yeah. No, you need to speed up, Germany. Oh, Oh, sorry, yeah. By 2020, uh, they want to have how many? A million? And six million by 2030. Yeah. So they need to... Get cranking. They are very good at building things. They're yeah, going to have to be they are. They will not, very quick. They will not mess around. So these these currently right now, Tesla's the only EV with vehicles able to charge at 100 kilowatts, which is about 350 volts. So this is going to double these. Where the hell are they going to put these things? They're going to be very, very They're dangerous. They're going to have to attach it directly to the hydro uh, cable that comes out of <laughs> no, the plant. Is, in Germany, it's actually easier because they have three-phase charging where we have two-phase charging. So they can get to higher voltages and higher amperages than we can just because of their 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 grid system. We chose a inferior grid system. So are they are these not going to be the same sort of charging, you think, in America then? America. America, the ones America. they send here, are they going to have different? They're going to be more dulled down versions of charge speeding. I don't know enough about uh, power uh, electronics and engineering to tell you that answer, but I think we can get our voltage and amperage up here, but we have to do it a different way. And the cars are going to have a different charging system here yeah. than they do in Germany. Although um, now his name is uh, is escaping me. The guy from E eighty days, the guys who are racing around the planet. Uh, the German guy had built a, an adapter from oh, I saw that German, that yeah, cool. from the U.S. supercharger to the German, which Tesla said it could not be done. I, and um, it was done. Talking about you know being an early adopter, I'm not going to be the guy that's sitting in the Volkswagen that has eight hundred thousand <laughs> volts going through it the first time. I might plug it in gingerly and run away <laughs> and come back in fifteen minutes. I'd be like because uh, if it goes bad. It's not going to melt. It's going to liquefy. I'd be like, hey, dude, you want to charge my car? That's right. Can you hey, plug that in for Hey, me? little kid. <laughs> hey, little kid. Here's two bucks. Could you plug that in there? I'll buy you no, a no, frappuccino. Off yeah. you go. It's fine. Yeah. yeah don't do it in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Self-driving cars. Let's talk about them because they are taking over the planet. Singapore taxi. Ah. So this is from money. .cnn.com. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, Newtonomy is the name of this Uber-like startup. And they've started a fleet of self-driving taxis that is starting in Singapore. They've got just two cars right now. They're going to be free to ride. And there is a driver behind the wheel. But this is already starting. Self-driving cars, self-driving taxis, and self-driving buses are already being deployed. And why are they doing it in Singapore? Maybe they don't have lawyers in Singapore, right? right? Because <laughs> Singapore wants it, and the United States is too disorganized to get their shit together to have this start here. Although, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Did you watch this video, either one of you? Did yes. you watch the video? Did you see the cute little bus about yes. halfway through the yes. video? Yes, the Finnish bus. So the little Finnish bus, it wasn't Finnish, but it's from Finland. Finland bus. Finnish. Finnish bus, sorry. I don't know. That was terrible. Anywho. 
So there's a smallish van size bus. So I could see this being sort of that that platform, that Model 3 minibus type platform, driverless. Uh, a, not EV. I don't not think EV. it was EV. I didn't think it was so hard either. to tell. I didn't say. But it, but it only went like six miles an hour. Sounds like an EV. At the moment. But it was just like to shuttle people between stations. But it was this big, tall box. It was kind of cool. I put the... Like a people I put mover. A, I found a link yeah, a little, to it. It's a people mover. Yeah. It's like a, you a could stand up and it goes slow. If it crashes at six miles an hour, it's probably not going to kill you. But it could be that, that sort of an idea of what that platform bus that we were talking about in the last couple of episodes could have... potentially look like, where it's just the side opens, right. it's all space for sitting, so it, very efficient. Right. didn't have falcon wing doors to it crush It did not grandma. have... Well, we'll get to that. It didn't have a crush the family feature. <laughs> <laughs> chop the head off grandma feature. <laughs> did that happen again? Oh, I've got stuff to say to Oh, him. that's uh, great. Okay. We'll get to it. So Remind that, me if I forget. So check out that. Check out the link to that little finish thing, and then you can imagine what... In a situation where where we talked about that could be the thing that runs on the capillaries, right? That right. could be the smallish bus Just that takes you your LAX, last half mile. At LA International, oh that would be, be so, so nice. Great. That place is so effed up. Are you finished? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, cheers! Cheers! Oh, Drop the mic, Mel. Let's talk about self-driving cars, not in the pool that is Sing, but mm. in the pit that is Berg. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So money.cnn.com. This month is launching six self-driving Volvo XC90s, your X-Car. Well, money's ice, not launching them, car. but they are being launched. And some self-driving Ford Fusions, 100 by year end. So driverless cars are being doled out at random. Initially, they're going to be free of charge because they are. Because cars people won't get in them. Exactly. <laughs> All cars will operate, again, with an Uber test drive driver and co-pilot. And uh, only 48% of Americans are saying they're willing right now to go in a fully self-driving car, according to research from Boston Consulting Group. And I think that's reasonable because we really haven't seen if they're safe yet. But that's going to be this week's Twitter poll. We're going to have a poll every week. This week's Twitter poll is, would you ride in an autonomous Uber? We're going to start with you, Robert. Would you drive in an autonomous Uber? For free? Uh, No. You have to pay the same amount. Wow, you are a cheap I would, ass doctor. I would do it. You know, it's like I did some research on Uber. If I could wear a helmet, Uber and can be really stuff. freaking expensive. Oh did yeah, you, you know get that? up to four or five extras. Oh yeah, God. I spent the week in Chicago, right. all in the Uber. I'm all about the Ubers when I go places. You are, yeah. Even I'm going to Chile this week. Chile, uh, you are too. That's correct. And we will be Ubering the crap out of that city. Because <laughs> you don't have a Tesla. No and, Tesla and no idea and very poor Spanish. It'd be like so. Tapas and off he'll go. So for those of you who don't <laughs> That's know, not how it works. Tapas That's Uber. not how Uber yeah. works. You have to tell them where you're going before you even get no, in. No, no, not until you just say tapas and the, the Uber Dude, guy just knows. He thinks yeah. we're going to Spain. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to go from my house to Hollywood. A basic Uber was 17 bucks. But if you get the autonomous, it's going to be like a nice car, right? Not some beat up. Could be a Volvo beat. XC90. Exactly. So that's sort of like the luxury level or the... Black level. So that would be like a $63 ride instead of a $17 no, ride. No, but the difference is that you're paying a person. Oh, so you're saying that they're going to restructure their oh, prices. Oh, this, this, person, this person has a car payment that right. is considerably higher than the guy with the Corolla that picked you up. Yeah, but right now, if I'm used to paying 63 bucks to take an Uber Black to Hollywood, and then an Uber without a driver shows up, douche. do I really care? I but want to get to Hollywood. Well, but let's so see. how much is Uber going to charge? It's going to charge you zero right now. You're a douche. 
It's <laughs> hey, if you take a an Uber Lux, that's a Tesla. It's ninety six bucks. Super <laughs> Why would you do that? What we're working with here is these are free for now. Oh They're just rolling God. them out, but ultimately the Uber cost will plummet because the vast majority of the cost is in the driver unless they want to make a lot of effing money no but if if you believe in uh if you believe in the system man the system you know lift <laughs> what the, hell get is that? the man the you're man's gonna have gotcha. you're gonna have competition and stuff and and people <laughs> will be like i can do this for half the price the price uber is going to bring it down so they'll make a lot of money by doing a lot of miles, and they'll do it really cheaply. The idea is that this could be a quarter of the cost, ultimately, of owning your car. That's, right. that's the future of autonomous But still, I mean, driving vehicles. to Hollywood, I mean, like, how cheap does that have to get that I don't want to own a car? But you could it. It get, if it gets to a half to a third the price of owning of, a car. Or less. It just depends. You'll be like, eh. Here's another thing that you have to think about. When I when I was in Chicago, for instance, Uber Pool, they are pushing Uber Pool big time in Chicago. And that's Only the eight car, bucks that's to get the to That's the carpool feature. Right. So there were times when the Uber Pool was like 255 and the regular fare was $14. That's a big, big difference. Regular Uber. Correct. Regular so Uber, Uber X. X. Correct. So I have to have my – I've never – Actually, actually, I was going to say I've never clicked on the non-Uber X because who does it? You get the cheap car. You've never done Uber Pool? Never done Uber Pool, but I have done an Uber uh, SUV or black whatever it's because we had a whole bunch. Actually, what it was, grandma, grandpa, and about 20 other old people. We needed a really big car. He's got two Teslas. And we, <laughs> we put them in a big car and sent them away. Yeah. But mostly I'm going to do it tomorrow. X. I go X, 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 Uber X. I'm going to do the SUV tomorrow because i got to go to the airport. i got like nine bags full of gear. To take with me, they're not. Some guy's going to show up in a Prius, and I'm going to be like, "Can you call another? Could Uber? you call another Prius? <laughs> it is safer to get cheaper to get two Prii. Uh, you better turn the mic on if you're going to make a statement over there. Yeah, she's raising her hand she's and getting all up and getting ready. Business. Let me say that I discovered two, three other kinds of Uber while I was online. Have you ever heard of Uber WAV? No, wheelchair accessible vehicle. Oh yes, yes. yes. Okay. same price as Uber X, but they can take two wheelchairs. Yes. There's also Uber Assist which I'm going to start using out of the emergency room because they get you somebody who gives you extra assistance. So for grandma, same price as UberX, you'll get somebody to help you out. And Uber Espanol. I did see Uber Espanol. That Uber is pretty Espanol. cool. And in, in Pittsburgh, you can combine your autonomous Uber yes. with Uber Eats and they will bring you a Pramani sandwich <laughs> when, you, when they show up. So amazing. take that, you yinzers. Yinza, in, uh, yinza. in fact, in Australia, you can get Uber Koala, a car driven by a koala bear. Is it driven by <laughs> Uber so Kangaroo? Much, it would be so much better if like, you showed up and there was a koala in the back seat that you could just cuddle to your yeah. destination. I don't Unfortunately, they driving. get scared and they rip your head off. Yeah. That's fine. And they all have chlamydia, which is weird. Do they, make, do they make a dance? Do they make... Do they do they make a noise? Oh boy, koalas! Oh, like boy. a loud purr, like is this, show, <laughs> is this show so effed up because we're on live? Is that why we're doing this? Right. I don't know. What's okay, let's keep moving terrible. here. Remember Otto, not the Simpsons bus driver, but the company that converts uh, big rigs for thirty thousand dollars. Whose story? Converts them to what? Converts them to what? Go tell us. Yeah, so uh, they did a big score. Uber bought Otto. Remember Otto? We showed the video of the guy sitting in the back of the truck while the big rig's yeah. motoring down the road. So Otto's in San Francisco. Uber bought Otto, basically, I think, to get the guy who started Otto. Antony. 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 And so Antony. now they've got this guy who's like super uh, gifted 
And they say, oh, we're going to make autonomous trucks. But you know why Uber wanted him is so that they could go all autonomous themselves. You know, people are worried about um, Google taking over the world, uh, Apple taking over the world, uh, lots of different people taking over the world. I'm beginning to feel like Uber yeah. is going to take over the like world. Like two years ago, who the F was Uber? I know. And they've got so much cash. Yeah, they're going to take over the world. And it's a little frightening. And 1.2 Let's just start this sentence over again. Okay. It's a great sentence. It deserves <laughs> a second chance. So Uber is getting 1.2 billion miles of data every or month. Could get? No, or is, is getting. getting million? Did you say million? Billion. Billion. Billion miles. So all of billion their drivers miles. all over the world are giving them data on like where are people going? Where are they going from? What are the what are the hubs? Where are the of best things? Right? Pick up Imagine, and drop off. Right, exactly. Where, where like are there tenths of a mile spots where we could build hubs of autonomy and charge autonomy? That's what I'm calling uh, charging that you don't have to uh, physically plug in. It's called charge autonomy. I invented that just now. I think right. Two thousand sixteen. We can drop, we can drop that one. I think yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be used a lot, but what? You could get a T-shirt that says that charge autonomy. <laughs> But can you imagine? Like charge that is a lot, a lot of, data. of miles. About, it's a huge amount of data. How about charge Tommy? Charged. <laughs> okay, so uh, good. See, again, goes to my premise, which I just started uh, uh-huh. 30 seconds ago, yeah. that the world ends uh, with Uber taking Hence the name Uber. Yeah. Second EV great the great blah, 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 second great EV extension. This is from Business Insider, Matthew DeBord. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow, people <laughs> cough and say really <laughs> weird things. There's Zika like, virus. Zika put, virus is in LA now. It's like the world's worst joke. The first EV extension occurred. I'll just try and keep moving on here. I'm a professional. I'm surrounded by idiots. The first EV extension occurred after the financial crisis. Extension when, or extinction? Uh, extension. Oh God, extinction. Such a bunch of crap. And they uh, buried the uh, EV one. And then uh, this guy is saying, look, self-driving is a sexier idea than EVs and that self-driving is moving way faster than battery technology. So therefore, EVs... I mean, uh, self-driving cars are going to be the next big thing and are going to crush EVs and it's going to be an afterthought. And I say, you are wrong, sir. You are wrong because the people who are pushing self-driving technology are also the people that are pushing EVs. And, and that the- person would be Senor Musk and some friends. <laughs> Senor Musk. That's his real name. <laughs> Have you ever had dinner with him? You do not call him in. No, that Have you ever is seen Senor Pepe? And so the basis of this article – Yes. Of the second great EV extinction yes. is that there's a sales decline. And I know talking Tesla nations out there, yeah. they're listening. They listen to the show. Not after today, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> and they know it's not that people don't want EVs. It's that people don't want the EVs that are for sale right now. Hmm. There's you, a lull. We're in a lull. We're it's in like a transitional a, it's a, period. Like everybody was like, oh, it's exciting. Wait leave. We have these. We have that. We have this. We have. And then Tesla how, was like, no, we're going to have this. How many people put down $1,000 and waited in lines all around the world to buy an oh, EV that would work? Those numbers are are just staggeringly inaccurate in my opinion. I'm sorry. They're not 400,000 Are they 400, more, are they more than 100,000? Yes, there's a hundred. It's not a significant number. It's a big number, yes. but it is that's significantly smaller than the actual number. No, Whatever. I actually it's think you are completely wrong. I want to bring this up. Wait, you think I'm wrong? Yeah. How dare you prove your point with absolutely no facts? <laughs> I'm going to throw some non-facts at you. <laughs> the last week, I've spoken to a lot of people about the Tesla. How Model many? 3. A lot. How many? Seven. <laughs> I took somebody on a ride this morning. 
And all of those people said, I don't have money down on a Model 3, but that's the car I want to buy. I think that Tesla knows because they have facts and figures. I think the Model 3 is going to be one of the biggest selling cars in the world within three to five years. I agree. I just think that the reservation number is a little inflated because almost everybody I talk to about it is like, eh, I don't know. I bought this. I had an interview. You do have an interview, which we'll play later. And he said the same sort of thing. He's got two reservations. He's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I need him. Frank I bought an he's S. rolling in cash. I he got a Kia Soul. Model 3 is going to sell He's rolling all of them. in cash. He's Look, not. GM is about to become an Uber competitor. Let's get into Business Insider that says GM uh, made an offer to acquire Lyft. It was declined because I think Lyft wanted more cash than uh, GM wanted to give them. And Uber is eating Lyft's lunch, so they want to get out. But here's the deal. This uh, Business Insider suggests that if GM does buy Lyft, it thinks Google will actually come alongside because apparently Uber and Google are having a bit of a fight right now, even though Google owns a chunk of um, Uber. And he says, this will accelerate GM to a new market that it doesn't do right now, that maybe they're getting a clue that just building cars is not the way forward, that you're going to have to be an Uber-like group that uh, also runs a car network. Since they already own 11% of Lyft, this makes a lot of sense. There's your big competitor to Uber because nobody wants to let Uber have this entire gigantic market. Because like Apple has discovered, build the hardware charge for the rest of this stuff so gm could build the hardware and now make all the money on the mileage why should they give that money up to someone else why should they they should get involved in it they're very smart solar let's move on it's all about buying the uh, the uh engineers away and getting them to your pocket solar energy a couple of things here um so this is from uh somewhere VOA news. voa news never heard of it solar uh takes up a lot of room. That's because they don't write a particularly accurate news story. Well, we're going to get into it. Wait for it. Solar takes a lot of room, okay? And I'm going to use myself as an example. I have a house here, and we've got solar everywhere, and it's still not enough. In India, which is the third largest producer of CO2, farmers are very reluctant to use land for solar because they need to grow stuff to eat. So what about a but tree? they don't use any fertilizer, and they don't use any... Wait for it. That's not the point. Okay, sure. The point is... Solar takes up a lot of space if you lie it flat on the ground or even on your roof. So this Indian guy did some math, what? Tom, How dare and said if you actually lift these panels off the ground and orient them towards the sun in different angles and make it look like a tree with leaves, that you can have a significant, first of all, increase in efficiency per panel, but also you can have a lot of panels that are more vertically oriented than oriented in the horizontal plane. Uh-huh. And he says this is, and this is where somebody's going to disagree, that it is Somebody's. a hundred times more efficient in terms of amount of energy you can produce. Per oh, not what it says. Do you people foot. not know how to read? Tell us, Tom. Tell, tell us, us what we don't know. Do you Go. not know how to read? It's a hundred percent more space efficient. You're taking uh, what would have been 400 square meters of panels and they're taking up four square meters of ground space. You guys know what a tree looks like? I mean, um, it doesn't no look like genius, the thing in this. But 400 versus 4 is a hundredfold difference. But we're not talking about efficiency of energy production. You're talking about efficiency of space. There's two different That's things. That's what I said. That what is do I absolutely look like to you? 100% not what you just said. <laughs> Let's rewind the tape. Go ahead. This is, and this is where somebody's going to disagree, that it is Somebody's. a hundred times more efficient in terms of amount of energy you can produce per Okay, go on. I was right. <laughs> you were not right. 
Anywho, Robert put the red stuff, and he got confused about it being 100 times more efficient. I listened to what the guy said. not 100 times more efficient. It's 100 times more efficient use of physical space, which is the main thing behind this article. Otherwise, why would you build trees? The panels themselves become 15% more efficient because of the orientation that Mel was speaking of. What are you talking about? If you're at the equator, the sun is directly overhead all the time. But if you live in Southern California, the sun sits at like a 32-degree angle away from you. So your panels are not going to have the same orientation and efficiency. <laughs> but if you, uh, And if you live, God forbid, in Alaska or Finland or somewhere else high away from the equator, it's just not going to work. It's pretty. I like it. It's no, pretty. But you could put the tree up, right? You have the tree. I'm doing a tree right now. I have panels at the end of my limbs. And I just slowly, I can... Well, you can increase Slow, panel efficiency slowly, by tilting yeah, them towards the sun. They're not doing that, but that is not a bad you idea. You can increase you could it. add that to you it. Can add, no. So you can increase panel efficiency by doing this, tracking the sun. But this one is good because what you the most efficient way to do it is the sun's over here in the morning, a couple of panels that way. It's right over the top of me, a couple of panels, flat, straight, looking at the sun. In the afternoon, it's that way. So you actually increase your efficiency during the day if you orient the panels towards the sun and where it's going to be. And that's what this thing can do as I well. I need you to read the blue sentence that you wrote in here. So my last line. I, can... I need this. I want more solar, but I don't have the space. I want a solar tree. Melvis, you are the Veruca salt of renewables. Which is hysterical, except I don't know what Veruca salt <laughs> is. Veruca salt is the little girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Daddy, get me the golden ticket. I want it. I want it. I want it. <laughs> That's you with your freaking renewables. You just said, I don't have enough renewables. You're making 90% more energy than you need on your roof. And now you want a solar tree. You want 18 Teslas. That's enough, I want it all. Settle down. Tesla can buy solar city. According to Aris Technica, the federal antitrust regulars say Tesla can buy solar city for $2.6 billion. The uh, plan was announced in June, and now we're going to see if this vertical integration works. And uh, as you heard from Rob last week, they want to sell you bonds at 6.5%, which is about a 1,000 times more than you can get your bonds <laughs> for right now. It's a good idea. They need did you cash. buy them? I did buy some. And, you know, the reality is, and I've, I've done a little investigation, is that the whole solar industry runs on the solar coaster. That's sort of an inside term I learned. Oh, I like that Solar coaster. That so it's like all you need is – so who buys bonds? Are these big institutions? They want to lock away money for, you know, guaranteed – it's low risk and solar – is not, or at least that's the perception. Of course, if you're living in the past, solar is some fringe thing that only hippies do. But in reality, <laughs> solar is like the way to go. Did you hear about the story in uh, Abu Dhabi? They're building the largest solar farm in the world because it's cheaper than gas-powered electric- electrical con- uh, creation. We actually talked Amazing. about it a few weeks ago, and they their bid came in at something like 2.6 uh, cents per kilowatt which was crazy uh, cheap. way less than the coal people yeah. could do. So crazy it was cheap. Crazy. Now, it turns out we have a letter and we'll get to it, but who is buying most of these bonds? So they're doing a $200 million worth of bonds. Robert's you know, got a lot of money, but he doesn't have $200 <laughs> million. You don't? It turns out that Elon and his brother and his cousins are buying most of these bonds. I'm like, in Here's with, the bonds and we're buying them. I'm in with Elon. Woohoo! Really? That really? Seems- does that not seem a it's little completely, shady? It's nepotism. completely on the up and up and okay, I guess. It's uh, what you do. I'm asking you, Mel, yeah. and you, Robert, yeah. 
Does that not sound a little fishy? Because like no, it makes me feel Elon, better about him actually. Oh, really? Because Mel and El- or Elon and his and his cousin sitting on the board, like we should uh, put some bonds. Uh, what should we? Uh, we can we could get bonds for two or three percent. You know what? Let's give six and a half percent. Elon needs to pay more taxes. Obviously, give myself six and a half percent interest on these bonds. Really, no one has any issues with. Yeah, but that. the no, bonds because, are open to the public because if it fails, you can buy them. He could lose that money. So what I see from that, and there's going to be some financial people tell us how ignorant we are, but to me that says they are absolutely certain by dropping not $10,000 but hundreds of millions of dollars into this, these are not going to fail. We're all good here. And I'm going to make some extra money on my own cash. I just hope they do something about those sad tables and kiosks at Home Depot. It is sad. And yeah, I'm sh- that is sad. And at the flea markets with their little pop-up tents selling For the those of you that city. don't know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I don't know if it's like this in the rest of the country and the rest of the world, but Solar City has these sad people that sit in little kiosks and try and sell solar to people who really don't care. I think if you want solar, you don't buy it you know, at the flea market. So oh. it's... It's forget all the. It's two days to go. Today is Sunday. You've got until Tuesday that you can get in on the bond deal. If it's good enough for Elon, it's good enough for me. So I think uh, it's worthwhile. That'll be when this comes out. So you better hurry. Yeah, Gigafactory <laughs> almost done. The Giga Solar Factory. I mean, the building is ninety nine percent complete. It's one point two million square feet. Um, versus 10 million plus for the Gigafactory. They need to add the equipment and do some internals. It was supposed to open this year, but it is now on track for its late opening in June. <laughs> and now they're going to focus not just on making lots and lots and lots of solar panels, which was the idea, but actually creating this integrated, one assumes, the solar roof, the, toss, the Tesla wall, all integrated together, and they should be up and running at good steam by June. They're going to start production with this roof, new roof product. Yeah. That's what they're going to start to build in this factory. No one's seen them. No. Yeah. No one knows what they're costing. No one knows if anybody wants them. Do you think they need your approval there? No, no, no. I'm, hello? We're, we're having a show here. I'm bringing up a point. I think it's a salient one. Aren't you going to want it? What the hell? I don't know if I'm going to want it because I've never seen it, Robert. <laughs> but they're putting the whole freaking factory towards making this new product that no one's ever seen. They're awesome. The other interesting then thing Then they're going to make their booths at Home Depot look that much yeah, better. These people should go into the We Design Factories business for other people because since the launch of the announcement of this Gigafactory... They are saying that they could produce more than one gigawatt in panels, which is 10 times more than they initially said, just by tweaking the factory about a little bit. Amazing what happens when you turn a few good minds towards a new thing, a new project. I guess so. Building factories. I want them to fix my factory. It's going to be the alien dreadnought of solar panel production. Yeah, it is interesting that uh, they are all in on this solar roof thing. Uh, I'd really like to know what it is. Here's a question for you, Johnny. I need to have all new renewables. Yes. Let's say they come up with this. Uh-huh. This thing is freaking beautiful. Yeah. Are you pulling your panels off? No. And putting these bad boys on? Indeed. Are That's... you putting off? How about this? How about just the front side of your roof that has no panels on yeah. it currently? Would you put the roofing panels on that? Yeah. So I'm not going to pull my panels off, even though I've had panels for almost 10 years and they've paid themselves off. They're still making lots of good energy. They are. But um, I'm hoping that this kind of stuff will allow you to fill in the gaps between my panels. Ooh. That kind of stuff. Or the little bits of roof where it's not so big, but it is very sunny. Well, um, I'm, I'm sitting on Spilkus. <laughs> wow. Thinking about that. Or, or would you rather put some money towards a fund, like a nonprofit, that helps other people put solar on their homes. 
when no. their roof needs Please. to go. <laughs> How about my roof, Mel? You want to put some solar Towards on my roof? Tom's you roof. Have solar on your roof. I want more. He needs. He needs more. Maybe I'll get this solar roof product as a test for the show. Yeah, just remember the whole carbon footprint, right? You don't need to tear down something that's working fine to get something new because the carbon footprint is going to get bigger. Tell and that to goal, Reagan and Gorbachev, buddy. Our goal is to in, reduce our carbon footprint. That's why I'm going to use my Chichai. solar panels for Chichai. the next 300 years. I'm going to get every piece of photon out of those things. You're just going to be dragging them around. Yeah, I'll, your, I'll your, be dead. So Mel, you can dig relax. me up when I'm dead and... Tell me how they're doing. One, your Tesla will probably out. run that long. One probably. more story, boys. Here we yeah. go. Mel can relax because check out Troy's supercharger analysis. There's this guy. He's from Electric. He's actually from TMC, but ele- Electric. Do not deny the people the Electric. <laughs> electric. Thank you. Uh, all right. I'm sorry. So uh, he did this analysis. And I don't understand it. So, Robert, you're going to have to <laughs> summarize it for me. <laughs> I, didn't but I think it, it says. It's going to be okay. I had one note. So many numbers and graphics. It's just too much. Please oh, tell me it's going to be okay, and math, I will believe you. Math is the way. Math no. is what's getting so us all of this. Explain it to us in so, terms that Tom can understand. Troy is another dedicated Tesla aficionado, and he was, like Mel, rather, I expect, anxious, anxious about the quality of the supercharger network as Tesla is now pumping out more cars, right? They're going to ramp up X production. We're going to get a lot more cars this year. And they're delivering now to Australia, which has probably more superchargers than anyone could could ever use. But yeah, there's a bunch of superchargers in Australia and there's not that many Teslas. I thought there weren't superchargers. There are. Oh, yeah. There's like four or five. Yeah, they are now. They've built them very quickly. Boom. So Troy did the math. Troy did the math. He totaled up how many Teslas have come out by quarter and how many supercharger stalls, not actually like the whole spot, but how many actual plugs have been installed quarter by quarter by quarter. And so, you know, I'm reproducing this from electric and uh i think we should put it in the show notes anyway or at least a link but it shows that supercharger stall installation compared to tesla delivery was rather poor up until 2014 third quarter and then it started getting really good and now they've kind of slowed down so but this is worldwide numbers which doesn't matter because i'm not driving to beijing to plug in my car i am and i'm not going to norway either so then he did a sub uh, region analysis. And that's this graph with Ooh. all the lines, the colored lines. And basically, the United States is the blue line. I know you're not looking at this. I apologize. But dark, I'll describe it. The dark blue line. The dark blue line, where you had over, you had like 100, 110 Teslas per supercharger plug in the beginning. And then they rapidly rolled out the supercharger network so that in six or nine months, you were down to about 50 Teslas per supercharger plug. And we've remained at around 40 to 50 in that range. I can't give you an exact number. And so the United States, since uh, 2014, first quarter, has remained about the same. They have kept up producing superchargers with Tesla production. That's not even, right? So in Southern California, we have some, or in California, we have some of a, I think there's more of a lag. But if you go to places like, you know, the middle of Kansas, you're golden. 
And so other countries fare much worse. So if you look at the Netherlands, they've been kind of screwed all along. They're in the neighborhood of 100 cars per supercharger plug, right? We're in the 40s. And if you go to places like Italy, there's like hundreds of plugs per uh, super, I'm sorry, hun- um, three cars per supercharger plug. So Italy's a great place. Germany's actually a good place as well. But because of the size of the Netherlands, do you think that makes more sense or less sense? Like cars are driving less? That's the part of it that I don't really understand. Obviously, the United States is gigantic. It's right. big. I don't know if you've ever seen it on a map. Very large. Yes. Very big country. This Netherlands, makes, much smaller. This makes me feel not better at all. Why? Because there is going to be an exponential increase in uh, Teslas requiring superchargers, and I want to just have them say, we're going to do an exponential increase in stalls. The real question is, in like Los Angeles proper, mm-hmm. there's very few superchargers. Right? Because most people aren't driving through Los Angeles to right. get to somewhere else. I, I understand that, but when Model 3 comes, and a lot more people need to charge, and I had this note earlier... The biggest downside to massive purchasing of these cars is going to be that a lot of people live in apartments, right? Makes it very difficult for them to charge at home. So they need public or supercharger infrastructure somewhere. And I have some data. 51% of the people in New York live in apartments. 41% in LA and the lowest major city that I could find the data from and I put the uh, link to the data on here 15% in Philadelphia. So that's a lot of people that won't have access to 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 chargers at their home or make it more difficult because everybody that I know who lives in an apartment in LA their landlords have some issue like installing it. Right. And actually the this utilities are working with apartment owners to try and streamline the installation of chargers in uh, housing complexes. And so that's actually a big deal. Actually, at, big TM, deal. at TMC last year Not in San Jose, deal. there was a whole section on that where they were talking about how do you get uh, these smart chargers installed in apartment buildings. In other words, where each person has a plug at their their uh, their carport, but it's not dedicated. So like I don't have a NEMA 1450 at mine that is only mine. But when I plug in, if my car is the only car in the whole place, all the energy goes to me. And then if like five people then come home and they all plug in, instead of having to wire it all individual, you can have this smart system where it says, oh, Robert's already gained 50 miles and he only needs so many miles to, to get anywhere or the, the capacity on his car. So it slows me down and it starts charging the other people. There's a number of companies that are working on this type of smart charging technology for rolling out in complexes. And we should, we should talk about that. We should it's, report on it's that. It's not a problem. But why? It's not a problem because we've talked about it multiple times before. Because as the self-driving technologies are exploding, little Kari car right. will just go, hey, go down, go to the supercharger, a uh, little dreadnought uh, snakey snake plug in, and then come back and uh, park over there for me. Boom. But two fixed. minutes ago, you just said you were all worried and concerned that there were going to be too many Teslas. No, and I, now you've like I'm worried about the supercharger network. Herbert. I'm not necessarily worried about just any charging because yeah, local. I can tell my car, go to Tom's house and charge for, for goodness sake. I don't have a robot I think that's how you can fix these issues. The supercharger for me is how how easy is it for me to drive to Mammoth or to Sacramento right. or some other far off town? I want to roll in, you know, take a leak, 
get my car charged up and go. I don't want to sit there for 45 minutes waiting for a slot to open up. This is where I think the superchargers were always meant to be. It's not for people to, you know, I live two miles from the supercharger and I'm just going to go fill up my car because it's yeah, free. Yeah, we're talking to you people. But I'm telling you, people that live in Burbank, people that live in Culver City. Oh, I know that. And they're going to buy Model 3s. I know some of them myself. There. Yes. Our first interview was with a guy who was sitting at the supercharger like, oh, yeah, I live about five miles away. I come here every day. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right. Okay, let's do some letters, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is going on way too long. Matt Atkinson says, Hi all, thank you for mentioning my freaking legs. I don't remember what we were talking about, but uh, I was just wondering if you've seen this in The Guardian today. It's a um, He's the public health doctor who wants everybody to get out and walk on their freaking oh, legs. that's right, that's right. Go so uh, it's an article which talks about this um, moral issue of the puppies and the small children <laughs> and who will your car kill. And that was my question, remember? We had that, that whole thing. Who do you, do you kill, you the kill the family? the baby or the puppies? Right. Uh, right. And he's like, uh, this isn't going to be an issue because cars aren't moral. And what's really the issue here is that people will not want to drive a self-driving car that doesn't protect them. So it'll probably be written for save me to hell with the kittens and the puppies. Because that's the only way they'll sell a car. I'm not getting in a car that's not going to kill everybody to save me. Cyberdyne. Um, Carl, what's his name? Carl, where are you going? Oh, Bowen. Bowen. Bowen loved the show. Wanted to weigh in the language debate. Uh, Tom, you have a filthy mouth. And Carl would like you to stop. <laughs> uh, Alexi H. Um, is talking about Model 3 battery. And I'm waiting for a Model 3. And I live 15 miles from a supercharger. And on it goes. Oh, he lives 15 miles from one of the five superchargers in Finland. And between the other two, I've mapped my range needs with a 10-mile commute and relatives within 50. So he's going to get the minimum battery. Mm -hmm. Best option for me would be that minimum battery capacity being software constrained. And I could up grade later yeah makes so sense. that's his choice all right so this is a guy yep this is a guy we were just now talking to we we're just yeah. talking to this guy hey hey guy that's not what the superchargers are for <laughs> get your own <laughs> charger yeah the hell is wrong with you it's also going to be really cold in five Finland. superchargers in Do the whole country hard. alexi thinks we installed them for him I think, yeah. uh, Alex, you should talk to anybody out there in, in Finland who has a Model S or a Model X to find out what's the effect of the cold weather on the battery range. Because I know that's going to be a big issue. The battery is going to take a lot of energy to keep itself warm in the cold weather. So you may not want to short yourself. The battery is like always in there, like knitting itself a little sweater. Sweater. Exactly. Joel Sepp says, Hamsters. guys, uh, range. Um, he just wanted to make the important point that, yeah, 315-mile range with your P100D is good, but there's a whole bunch of ice cars that have significantly longer range than that, and he still thinks that might be an issue for and people shorter. buying uh, also, electric cars. Also, Joel Sapp, I made this comment to him via Twitter this week. What an excellent profile photo Joel Sapp has. It's a little baby reading a magazine on the floor. It's like an old 70s photo. Oh, that's So lovely. funny. So cute. Okay. Now, uh, this uh, gentleman's or gentle lady's uh, name I can't pronounce. You Zhao can't pronounce Song? anybody. Zhao pronounce Song. Anybody. That was pretty good. Zhao Song. I think that's pretty close. Zhao Song. Uh, it's about the Solar City, City bond offering. And actually, it was Zhao that said that basically Elon and his cousins are buying most of these bonds. <laughs> and we don't know if that's a good thing or a bad, bad thing. And I was just excited about the next one. On Young SAO. Hold on a second. Lionel wait, Messier wait, wait. No, is no, actually no. a listener. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's read the information here. So it's $124 million in bonds. Elon and his 
cousins are buying a hundred million dollars worth of them. They're leaving and, a few for me and letting twenty four million dollars go. That's right. This is like a how can we make six and a half percent interest board Isn't decision? Isn't that a good thing though? They are. They're they're not going to put a hundred million dollars if they think this is going to. Tom, collapse. if you had an extra ten grand and you wanted to put it in, I'm sure they'd give back a little of what they bought for you. It just it's it doesn't smell right. I don't anyway, know. Anyway, you guys, you guys were you guys were knocking me last week, and Can't now finish. I'm feeling pretty good. Lionel Messier, this joke is now completely destroyed. <laughs> I've been working it three Lionel times. Lionel Meza? Yes. I was going to say Lionel Lisa. Messier is a soccer player. He was a famous. He yeah. likes the show. Whatever. <laughs> Chuck Axelton. Um, he said uh, that, you know, he was the guy that was talking about he's got a big diesel pickup truck and, and a Model S. And then you were giving him a hard time about having a big diesel pickup truck. And he said, no, no, I never drive it. All right? Let's just be very, very clear. Yeah, but okay. That's okay. You know, if you need it, you need it. But then there's yeah. always something called, well, at least in our area, there's something called, um, what's the car? You can just grab zip off an app. Zip cars. Yeah, you can zip things. car a truck, Get take it to Home Depot, fill you it up with stuff. zip car a truck? Yep. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. not zip truck. It's kind of weird. Um, Kip Snapbauer says... Uh, <laughs> Spanbauer. Spanbauer. <laughs> sorry, snap, Snapdragon. Snapdragon. Uh, sorry, Kip. I'll just uh, I'll about, apologize uh, for Tesla all of us. Tesla stores and Google Street View, and it's amazing how Google Street View now, you can actually walk into uh, buildings on Street View now. So I have a question about this letter segment. urinate. You've Go just on. started to mention people and that they sent in a letter and then moved Dude, on to the next do, letter. You've got to do what makes <laughs> the people talk, happy. But you don't talk about the letter, what the people say very well, If much. I did that, the show would be 80 hours long, for goodness I sake. I mean, people seem to like it, Mel. I don't know what to tell you, but we've gone weekly. Nobody stopped listening. More people are listening. We never stopped talking. More people are listening. All right, let's spend a little time you know, on the I just one. want to say that I, I went to the street view of that store, and I'm just impressed. There's a new color shirt. There's a green shirt. I didn't see that He's at the, in the store. Street view. I wasn't at yeah. the How does this street Can view I just inside click? store work? I can't click on it. I wasn't I want in to order the, this. That's not the Woodland Hills store, though. I was no, it looks, store. Some, it looks like Santa Monica. Besides, that can't be a brand new photo anyway. Oh, this is Santana Row. It can't be a brand new photo. All right, photo. so there's a green uh, T-shirt. All right, we got it. <laughs> There is Aren't you concerned about the fact that there's somebody wearing Google Helmet walking around this <laughs> store while I'm trying to steal things without getting caught? I'm not and concerned about it. And then I'm going to be on Google Street View? <laughs> I'm not so, you know, this brings back, all, did we talk about how they're going to revamp all of the, the sales of Google, right? The new guy, Servats, who I met at the Nordstrom store, he's going to revamp the methods in which they're selling cars. And I was reading on TMC, they were talking about how, wouldn't it be cool if somebody had like a virtual reality helmet and you could like put it on you go in the store you sit in a couch or in a, in a tesla chair seat mm-hmm. and you put on the helmet and all of a sudden you're inside the model three oh. and you go oh, oh i really would like the gray interior although now they're not or really making the gray interior and walk 20 like feet gray. outside right. and, and then you can walk the around outside. it and yeah and you can look all around it. you can look under it kind all of right. a sweet idea james zin jez please you're zin, jez. You're, wait come on yazirski yazirski he wants to know he was thinking about getting a Model S and leasing it for two years, but he really wants the Model 3, and it looks like there'll be, it, if it comes out on time, that he'll be in that uh, Model S and for like six to eight months and have this overlap between the 3 and the S. And I say, James, 
don't worry, there's no effing way it's coming out on time. No, they'll go for it. And my guess is, like all car companies, if let's say it's three or four months left on your lease yes. and you want the new one, they'll yes. forgive it. They'll be like, eh, that's fine. Do they car do companies that? do that. They wow. do that kind of stuff. And he's, I didn't read. Very forgiving I didn't read this, but he wrote about using freaking instead of the F. Yeah, he said you could use. So I've just been doing that. It's just like I, I didn't even see the letters this week. It's so sad that we're talking about the end of the world and solar panels and what we can do to reduce the carbon footprint. And we're over 350 parts per million of carbon. And we're all going to die in the sea levels are going to come up and small babies in Florida are going to drown and the only thing people care about is whether we should or shouldn't use the F word we I are, don't think it's the only thing we're a Protestant com- you know, we did, Protestant nation we did ask them Christopher Mooney that one could not have been that difficult for you it's it is Mooney it is very difficult for me he says I've been listening to the podcast since I ordered the X I'm eagerly awaiting its arrival in September and uh, you guys are the greatest now do you want to fill in the other stuff he went to school in the Love Canal neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, which is what you were talking about, some toxic wasteland Oh, yeah, it's Diagonal. a terrible, terrible yeah. place. And, His college uh, he attended was over Blood Run Creek. Creek nice. The well-known waterway of toxic sludge. Yowza. Have you seen the Twitter picture that Christopher has? He's got three heads. It's real <laughs> and it's bad. I make no comments. I mean, Christopher that one just begs for comments. I'm sure it was a terrible environment. It obviously didn't affect your ability to earn money since you're buying an X. Good for you. Thank you. There's a link. We'll post it to the show. And by we, I mean Cece. At least I'm assuming she does this stuff. I'll be honest with you. When I say things like, we'll put it on the show notes, you never check. No idea. <laughs> No idea if it exists. Diego Quivado, we've he, talked to him a Diego's number. Diego's become a serial letter writer. I love him. He's like, I cannot wait for full autonomy to get here. And you know why? Here's what he's going to do. Because he's an out-of-the-box thinker. He's going to be in his Model 3. It's fully autonomous. And he's going to start drinking on the way to work, uh-huh. listening to Talking Tesla, yeah. and filling out Talking Tesla bingo. Cannot wait. Oh. He likes Diego, to show cursing and all. I like all. the way you think. Like that. You Good may work. be a social right, man. But I, I got, like I got five minutes to get to work. All right. Thanks for coming. His name is Robert. He's got to go to work, save some lives. His name is Tom. He doesn't have to go to work, nor save lives, but he does have to go to Chile. We're going to miss you. We're going to yes. have to do this recording. I'll First be with off, you. we are not going to miss me because we are going to be in Chile with me. I'll be in Chile me. as well, but we I'm is going to try miss and not you. talk to you. And we are going to have to do a little recording from Chile. Are you going to be in Chile on that Monday? No, not on the Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be on the Monday. We'll work it out. Are we'll you be, sure? We'll be in wow. discussions. It's going to be the international talking test. The first time recorded mics? from another country. Are you bringing bring mics? mics? Yeah. Because you can't record. I wonder if mics. there's any talking Tesla fans in Chile. No. No. Maybe they want to come and support. I think there is one talking in Santiago. What is talking Tesla in Espanol? Cállate la boca. I don't know how to say Tesla in Espanol. I don't think it's another word. What's I think talking? in German it's Tesla and in English it's Tesla. And <laughs> but in Spanish. Yamare Tesla. I, is not, is talking Yamare? Uh, yamar is the verb yamar. for talking. To talk. <laughs> Yamamos Tesla? Maybe. Wow, the end of the show sucks. Are we putting my interview in here? Hey, no? there's hey, one more thing. that watched live, of which there were probably none. We're sorry. <laughs> Tes- Tesla's brought back the NEMA 1030 plug. It's like it never went away. He's Mel Herbert. Yes. I'm Tom Wolfson. That's that guy. That's Robert. Roberto. Hey, Roberto Rosanblu. We we are out. That's Cece on right. the board. Done. Micah. No, we've done. Finished. Hey, we're done. I'm not finished. <laughs> we don't have time to talk about Cece. I got like half Micah. a beer left. 
We're done. <laughs> what the hell? This show sucks. Down a beer and a half. It's why it's so much better when it's edited. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're not really done yet because we've got an interview coming, a really good one about Kia Soul versus Model 3 versus Model S and somebody who actually has some experience in this. But before we get there, I want to just sort of uh, stick something in your craw. We're thinking about doing a Patreon uh, project, which is you, the listeners, can decide if you want to support this show for a small monthly fee per month. So a number of you have been really good and sent us some money, and it's been really helpful to buy some equipment and do some things. But Patreon is uh, sort of that next level, which says, look, every month I will agree to give 10 bucks, 5 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it is, to keep the show going to improve it, because we really want to ramp up production here. We want to make it better, particularly as we come up to the Model 3 and we try and get the word out to the rest of the world. So we're going to set up a Patreon, and the way it works is that you agree to whatever monthly thing you're comfortable with and in addition to what you normally get every week on the show we can give you extra stuff extra content uh, live events uh, outtakes lots of stuff t-shirts mugs whatever it is so we'll get on that but i just want to stick it in your crawl we will get moving on it really soon and we'll see if that has any legs because the traditional way that you go now with a show like this is you get advertising but i don't necessarily want to do advertising or at least i want to do as little advertising as possible. So this is a way, if you like the show, to give some cash. I do this for about four or five different podcasts that I really like, like Radio Lab and this kind of stuff. I'm like, I really think what you're doing is important. And here's some money every month. And I don't have to think about it. It just happens like buying a cup of coffee for the show every week kind of thing. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Let's talk about Kia Soul versus uh, Toyotas versus Model S's and X's and 3's. What should you get? So this is Tom, and uh, I'm talking to Franco Capizzo about his first decision to buy a RAV4 EV and his now decision after that lease ended to buy a Kia Soul EV, which is a car that my wife was actually really interested in. So I wanted to talk to him about it. When you made the first decision to buy an EV, was it difficult for you? What, what was that like? So I'll be honest, the, the, the RAV4 EV was actually primarily from my wife. I'm not sure exactly where my wife got the idea, but I'm being honest. She, got, she had the idea before I did about an, an EV. She, she looked online and she found the, the 2013 model RAV4 EV. And she's like, what do you think? I'm like, that looks, that looks awesome. We have to get a charger and all that, but whatever, I'm, I'm good for it. Um, and you know, I wasn't big into EVs or anything like that back then, but I was certainly all for that. The biggest thing at the time was there was a decent deal for a lease because those vehicles at the time were $50,000 cars, which is just, you know, laughable. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying it's a car that realistically on an extended charge, which you're not supposed to do for an extended amount of time, you're lucky if you get over a hundred miles. In in my from my experience, I could get a hundred plus without extended charging. But like my family says, I drive like a grandma, so that has a lot to do with it. And my route relatively flat. You know, I could get 104 without extended mileage and up without to like, extended. That's yeah. crazy because I. So I guess my wife and I are leadfoots. My commute has a combination of hills, and to be honest with you, it's it's a toll road. You can go faster, and I do. So I just have a 
I don't know, I guess I just have a lead electric foot. I had to put the thing on extended charge when I started using the car to drive 35 miles each way just to get like an estimated range of like 80 to 90 miles. Its uh, acceleration was was great compared to what we had, which was all, you know, other ICE vehicles. And, and, uh, you know, later on as time went by, I started really hating having to go to gas stations, to to be honest with you. And then, like I said, last year, I had a new job where my commute's 35 miles each way, and that led to its own uh, car change, uh, which we did earlier this year. Uh, And I actually bought a used Tesla Model S. So you have the S, and she's been driving the RAV4 EV. That's that's correct. Pretty much since since like April, that's pretty much the way it's been. I've I've told her, hey, you take the S whenever you want. I, for some reason, for her, it's not quite as comfortable. When you you bought the S off the Tesla website, or did you buy it from a private party? No, no. There was there was a period of time where all of the CPO inventory was completely gone. So first off, however much I would drool over, you know, a Model S, which just does not, it never made financial sense. It's just it's just too much money. Period. I'm with you. You hear the show. You know I'm with you. I know, I, I'm I'm poor. I guess I'm I'm you poor. I'm Tom. <laughs> I'm Tom poor. There you go. Um, so someone someone put an X on the bingo board. As much as I want to be environmentally friendly and all that stuff, it it, it does it does come down to money because we're not made of money. It's uh, have to spend the money and have to make decisions and stopping points at some point. So kind of talked about the other options with my wife, and I'm like, well, there's that Soul EV thing, but you know, it's a Kia and all that crap. And she looked at it, she's like, you know, it doesn't, she's like, kind of like the way it looks. I'm like, oh, okay. Just that form factor, right? It looks sort yeah. of like the RAV4 size. It's a minivan-y looking thing. Yeah, minivan I, I guess it's more, I guess you call it like a crossover, right? But it's weird because it's not really a crossover because it's boxy, right? To me, it's just a small SUV. That's really the way I look at it. It's in that same category as the RAV4, in my opinion. A small, drivable lunchbox. Right, right a small, dri- with a hamster in the commercial. Right, with ham- electric hamster car. <laughs> so she she was like, I'm really interested in this car. You know, and the specs of it are like about 80-ish miles for the 2016 Kia Soul EV. And, I, and beyond just looking at it on the on the Kia website, I didn't I didn't really know much about it. I, I poked around on YouTube and some other sites to see what external people thought of it, and they were kind of impressed and they seemed to like it. But you know, it's all about when you drive it. How does the thing feel? And you know, what's the how does the thing really feel to to touch it and deal with it and and drive it and all that stuff? So you know, I had some preconceived notions about Kia as a brand. So I took a test drive in it, and I got to say, I was. Uh, very impressed. I was, I was, I was really impressed because I just wasn't expecting to be impressed. Um, it's just a very smooth car. It's not going to win any awards on with acceleration because you know it's got a smaller battery pack than even the Rav Four. So, but it's still more than good enough, and it had a really good build uh, feel quality inside. So do you think that you will buy a Model 3? Will you buy a Bolt? You leased the Kia, correct, for three years? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so once that three years is up, you will have a choice to make, probably multiple choices between a Model 3 and, who knows, the Bolt V2 maybe at that point. You know, every time a lease is up, on, you know, it's like, what, what, am I, what, am I, what are my electric car vehicle choices? Well, they're still very, they're still very close to nothing. It's yeah. either... A- Appliance car or 
or a Tesla, an expensive Tesla. So going to get better at the end of this year with the Bolt, of course. So, but yes, so this this Kia Soul EV uh, lease has has thrown a I don't know what you want to call it. A, it's changed the the planning of with the Model Three stuff. I think we'll probably drop one of the Model Three reservations at some point. And I don't know if I'm even going to get a Model Three because you know the, the the unintended benefit of the Model S is that it's got a lot of room inside. I mean, like trunk room. Yeah, it's huge. So I, I and I don't you know and I don't know about the Model Three yet. As much as it looks really beautiful and all that, I don't know how it's going to be for room. If I want to take it up to you know Big Bear on a trip or or, or some other place, and I'm and I'm going to have multiple people in it, and I have to. Hit, worry about luggage and all that so those are all going to be factors so i went from like maybe we're going to get two model threes when they come out to maybe one or zero i i, I really don't know but either way well, i don't think we're going to go back we're, we're going to have two battery electric vehicles i think from now on that's not that's not going to change so that's the important thing it doesn't you know the the model of the vehicle and the make those are those are honestly secondary. I, I want to be agnostic and think about the, you know, the use case <laughs> to use a technical term. But I want to think about well, well, does that does that fit the bill for what we want to use it for, and not I have to have a Tesla or I have to have this or that. Yeah, I think that's the way to approach it. I think to me, I just wonder about the secondary market for all of these vehicles as more and more are available in a year or two. Is there going to be any resale value on that car? At 97, if there's three or four cars available with 200 miles, my guess is no. It, no, and and the I mean I think if you've looked at the Nissan Leaf, those are going to tank. Oh, they already have. You can buy a Nissan for 10 grand. You can buy 25 Nissan Leafs within 30 minutes of where I'm standing right now for nine grand. It's crazy how worthless those cars are, but they're still good cars. And yeah. the other part about that is, does it does the cheapness of those cars and more and more EVs available and more and more EV infrastructure being built open them up to people who wouldn't ordinarily even think about them, right? Because for eight or nine grand and then I don't have to buy gas, I can be a relatively low-income person who has a short commute and still be able to deal with that. The problem is, if I'm a one-car family, can I make that choice? And I don't know that you can. That's where it's really, really difficult. I mean, we, we are a three-car family. If you're one car and you're a single person, then it should probably be okay. But when you get into a family and then you toss in the whole uh, a child or children, that really complicates things. And that's when, you're, that's when you have to think about all these permutations about, well, I got to go here and then I got to go there. And I may not be traveling very far from home, but maybe I'm doing so many things in a day that the other part is just being realistic about what you really need. Everybody and their mother always talks about, well, this car doesn't go 200 miles in a range. Well, it's like, well, do you ever freaking need it? I mean, really, <laughs> do you ever really, really, really need it? Just think about it. So you're all in. You're the EV guy. Yeah, absolutely. The last question that I have for you is you went into an EV kind of a little bit blind. And then once you had it, you loved it. And now you'll never go back. What was it? Was there one thing you can point to or was it just a multiple of things that are, that made that decision? It's kind of it's been multiple things. You know, I, I've wanted to be environmentally friendly for a while. It's just a matter of the opportunity. 
you know, last year we, we got solar panels on our house from Solar City, and that's been great in uh, defraying part of the costs and, and, you know, lowering electricity bills, but also not using as much from the grid, right? So, so that's an important thing. And, yes, the, with, the, with the RAV4 EV, that first electric car, we, we got that taste. It's the thing that some people talk about. It's like you just have to experience it, and then you will not want to go back. And that's certainly helped progress things. I had a decision to make about a third car that we had that somebody else in the family drives. And we were going over options. I'm like, I'm not going to get an ICE vehicle. I'm, I'm, do I'm done with those things. I'll make this work somehow with, with maybe a Tesla and see what we can do. And that's what that turned into. And, yeah, at this point, two of our three vehicles, in my opinion, should never, should never be anything else but pure electric vehicles. And you, you just get used to the convenience. And, yes, there are certain things you have to think about that are different, but it's none of those things, including even having to deal sometimes with range anxiety, are enough for me to go back to an ICE vehicle or a plug-in hybrid or anything like that or a ridiculous hydrogen fuel vehicle or whatever. You tell it, brother. All right. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. And I'm going to go drive a Kia at some point this weekend, I think. Are you going to like seriously give one a shot? I'm going to look at it. I'll give it a test drive. I'm, ve I'm still very torn. It's like right now, even the i3 at 159 a month was looking very exciting to me. Well, you know, you know the best bet. You know your best bet, which is not the prettiest car on the lot, but a, a Leaf. You've already mentioned it a couple of times. Nothing says I cannot wait for my Model Three like buying a cheap ass <laughs> Nissan Leaf. I'm just saying, you know, that's the answer. It's true. I appreciate it. You have a good day. Keep listening. We appreciate it. Hey, if you want to send us a voicemail, remember you can do that. The best way is to actually just use your phone, your Android, whatever, and send us a voice memo or whatever the Android equivalent is and just email it to us. The thing we have on our website, the little button, the audio quality is absolutely crap and I think we're going to take it down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thanks for listening to Talking Tesla. We will talk to you from Chile next week.